On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if the taste buds are as swept away by Heartstopper as the rest of the country was, if anyone can guess who Proteus, Proteus is, is. Proteus. mom on X-Men the Animated Series, if Dave and Chris from the Nerd by Word can explain how they cover literally everything under the pop culture sun. All of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet that reviews every single live-action television show based on a comic book that also covers cartoons when they want to and sometimes comics. So it's pretty much everything. It's not confusing at all. It's just a little chaotic, which I think is just right. Um, speaking of chaotic, I have some friends here that will help me make it a little chaotic. Here with me, as always, is Ryan. Hey, Cassie. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank, thank, you're welcome. I'm trying not to be chaotic, but do you know how hard it is when you, like, really focus on not being chaotic? It's difficult. This is like... I just want to spin around. This is like little ADD children when you're like, you have to sit in this classroom and you can't do anything. And you can't eat any of these marshmallows off this plate. (laughs) (laughs) These crayons and these marshmallows can't touch them, and it's it's impossible for them. Um, I also have my good friend, Mike. The trick is you eat the crayons, you paint with the marshmallows. Didn't see that coming, did you, science? <laughs> no, all parents are super stoked about their child in the corner painting with marshmallows. <laughs> True story, I did do this. <laughs> I got in trouble. <laughs> it was preschool, it was great. The voices, of course, Caitlin. Now, um, yeah. how? How? You just do. <laughs> you do that, and if you get enough color, you can put it on the end of the marshmallow, and you can color with the marshmallow. It's really fun, and then you eat it later. Oh, okay. I was expecting, like, for some reason, I was picturing, like, burning the marshmallow, and it's the physical paint. Yeah, I let's like give that. kindergarten yeah. Caitlin fire. That's, That's a good what idea. I think, like, you don't give kindergarten Caitlin fire. She just <laughs> makes fire. Okay, so great right, nickname is mind. kindergarten Caitlin fire. <laughs> <laughs> just a little kindergarten Caitlin. Um, we do have a big celebration in the studio. Ryan? Yeah. A little birthday boy. I turned 24. <laughs> it's a big birthday for Ryan. What are you going to do on your 24th birthday, Ryan? I'm. What I'm not going to do, guys, is make jokes about your other show, A Natural 20s, even though you're not uh-huh, it, uh-huh. like really in your 20s anymore. Uh, I'm just going to sit here and be 24, be handsome and skinny. <laughs> I love and you'll be it. handsome and skinny forever. And next year, buddy, rent a car without all those extra charges. Rent a car. Rent a car. <laughs> Honestly, renting a car is a very fun experience. The first time you can do that, I loved that time. The first time I rented a car, which is actually when I was like 38, they were like, here you go. And I was like, are you fucking serious? (laughs) (laughs) You're just going to give me this I can have this? (laughs) This is a hands-free car. I could do whatever I want. It's not hands-free, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Please use your hands. Hands out in the sunroof going, (laughs) hitting that gas. (laughs) I got the insurance. (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah. Don't sell that insurance because you're giving people a license to fucking, like, light marshmallows on fire and paint inside of the car with them. That's what I paint on the windows. You got to make it fun. <laughs> I, I can't do... drive in a car that's not fun. You got to drive in a car. Got to drive in a car. <laughs> got to drive in a car. <laughs> <laughs> New superhero show show catchphrase. <laughs> got to drive in a car. 
<laughs> I have nothing else to say after that. Hey, producer Dave, can you mark when she said that so we can turn that into a drop? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna push that button. Yeah, it's gonna be super useful to all the time throw up. Um, but you guys, big episode. We're celebrating Ryan. We're also gonna be covering all of Heartstopper for the main event, and also gonna be getting into X Test later and an interview. Mike's got yeah, hell yeah, I got up. an interview. Who did you talk to? Oh, Dave and Chris from the Nerd by Word. Hell yeah. They just hit two years. They just hit 100 episodes. It's very, they, they still have the gleam in their eye being excited about podcasting. Oh, I remember the days. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not for us, so you get to experience the energy we're bringing. And coming up right now, the main event. Unbelievably, Alice Oseman, the author of the graphic novel Heartstopper, was able to write and showrun the adaptation. The TV show, released by Netflix in late April, tells the story of lonely gay kid Charlie, who falls in love with his handsome jock classmate, Nick Nelson. Meanwhile, we dive into the love lives of Charlie's friends, including Teo, Elle, Tara, and Darcy. Taste buds, I ask you this. Was two-time Oscar winner Olivia Coleman in the show? She was! She, <laughs> if you Blink if you miss her! <laughs> I swear to God, the first time she was in a scene, and it's like she's in two episodes, maybe of like yeah. with like thirty seconds. Two time Academy Award winner Olivia Coleman, and the first time I saw her, I was like, "Fucking all British people look the same." She looks just <laughs> like Olivia Coleman. It's Tony Hawk theory. <laughs> I actually, it was Tony Hawk in a wig playing Olivia Coleman. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Is this um, a pop filter Hall of Famer, or you guys just love Olivia Coleman? I could see that. Oh yeah, I think she's 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 almost there. Oh, very wow. close. Apparently, so is Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go to the other taste bub that I have here to delete the conversation. Good call. <laughs> this is new question. Taste buds, I ask you this: How did this show get around being as cringy as so many other shows of its ilk? I mean, I didn't find it cringy at all. I found it very heartwarming. Yeah. Um, how did it get around doing that? How did it get around it? Because it was gay and it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think answer. because it, it didn't just say I'm gay, so I'm fun. I think these kids felt real. Mm. That each one, like that, it isn't like I'm like this, so I'm like this. They, there are Venn diagrams. Some of them share interests, but they have different interests. Like they contain they multitudes. Archetypes. They contain multitudes. This I was fucking blown away by how much I loved this show. I was really surprised with Nick Nelson's character because he was mm-hmm. he came in as a straight white friend who was like the jock and i thought they were just going to kind of stay friends him and charlie who is out gay um i thought they were just going to like show a relationship like that but then when they cross that and they like you know explore this relationship and these kids are finding themselves it's like a coming of age story Mm -hmm. and it's like they wrote the characters very well every once in a while if you're a gay kid you fall in love with somebody who's so very clearly straight which Literally nobody is, right? Like you. Oh, he's like the king of the rugby team. First uh-huh. of all, that's gay as fuck. Uh, <laughs> like every once in a while, you're gonna fall and you're gonna get a crush with somebody who you know to be straight, and maybe they're not. And instead right. of being like Hollywood ham-fisted, oh miracles happen. It was just so slow and organic, and just watching Nick Nelson 
Google yeah. himself. Yeah. Like, he's like, am, am I, I gay? Yeah. Taking a BuzzFeed quiz. quiz and we've we've all taken the BuzzFeed quiz. 62% homosexual, <laughs> I think is what it said. Yeah. I took a BuzzFeed quiz that said, am I a BuzzFeed quiz? And guys, I am. 62%? 62%, yeah. I'm always shocked but when you count the number seven. But that could be so corny in, I'm just going to say it, American TV shows. But here, it was just so organic and with so much like, love and mm-hmm. it felt real they like had like them instagram messaging like they never called each other mm. which is like oh these fucking these... teenagers calling each other on tv shows get the fuck out of here yeah. Yeah. these Come kids on. these age they're not going to be calling each other they're going to instagram message each other not even text each other instagram message each other and then google to see if they're gay or not like <laughs> and take a buzzfeed quiz i was like but this n- all like it all lines up it like it fits like the time and but not in an annoying way like i feel like social media and other aspects of this century are so jammed into like rom-com tropes where they're like, mm. we're hip. We're, like we know what's up. Uh, people use MySpace all the time. And, but this was like, this is, it just felt like how kids acted so much mm-hmm. to the point where like, now I don't want to talk shit on the actors or I don't like, this is not meant to be an insult, but I can't imagine any of these kids in this show acting any differently in real life than they did here. That's how right. natural mm-hmm. all of their performances were. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that for being a based on a comic and there's cartoons that come into play, like anytime they're feeling emotional, mm-hmm. cartoons will go and like all of it. But the it is very grounded and naturalistic around that. And it was awesome. And that some of the kids, Charlie sucks sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Nick sucks sometimes. Like, Tao always sucks and I hate him forever. Dude, but that like, character <laughs> sucks. Uh, they, yeah. they should have all by the end been like, oh, fuck this guy. Yeah. But he's but realistic. Yeah. He, his whole personality is like, yeah, I like Donnie Darko and you guys just don't get it. I'm going to make you watch movies you don't get. I'm going to be upset if you don't come. <laughs> fuck Tao. Hey, Mike. Maybe you shouldn't be telling friends of yours to cut people that act like Tao. <laughs> is what I will say what? to you. What? <laughs> Don't worry about it, buddy. I do think that's part of what made it so authentic is because, like, it didn't make the kid Like, they are dumb teenagers trying to, like, you know, find their way through all these situations. And they're, they're not doing... The, like they're not doing good at it but they're like <laughs> that's what would happen they're like, figuring it out yeah and i do think like i don't know for sure but it does feel like because i know the cast is all pretty much like queer so i think i don't know if they were able to have more input for like it, like directing wise of some but like if they could push back a little because there are scenes where it is just more realistic where like it, it feels like these kids really going through it but i would get that where like one of the actors was like oh that's not what we say or oh right. that's that's actually not cool to say that, you know? Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. Yeah, there's no on fleeking. They, they, there was no, like, well, let's use new slang. There's no, the, the language was timeless. <laughs> babe. And I don't know. The language is also British, so... Okay, I normally get annoyed by, like, British TV, to be honest. I, I don't like it. And this one... So just, much tea. Too, too much tea for me. But no, this one, like, really... I, I feel like it was universal, the way it hit. I think universal is a really good word. Do you guys remember who was the person, like a, a professional film critic, who said Turning Red was a bad movie because I'm not a 14 year old Asian girl? Oh, yeah. Therefore, yeah, that guy sucked. That, like, I don't think anybody, like, cancel culture, blah, blah, blah. I don't think anybody should be fired by anything they say necessarily. But you have just proven that you can't do your fucking job. He's yeah. bad at his yeah, job. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> but this show did an incredible job of, I don't know how to put it, like, I think, especially at all of our advanced ages, we don't give a fuck about 
high school drama anymore. Like mm. it's stupid to us. So what that what this has to do is it has to set its stakes. It has to make us to mm-hmm. believe make us believe that this these stakes are end of the world because that's what it feels like to the characters. And it did all of these episodes. I was like Who's how are we gonna fix this? And like whether they will or won't hold hands in a movie theater was a huge uh, moment in the entire run. The hand holding thing, like I swear to God, uh, my wife, we've been married for like four years. If she touches my hand, I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) But like in this show, hand holding is so sweet and focus, like close in on, like it's like the porn of the show. Yeah. It is also nice to have, like, before, so before I watched it, you know, everybody, as we mentioned, like, loves this show. And I wasn't sure if it was just because the gays were thirsty for content where it's not unbelievably sad. And after watching it, I was like, no, it's actually good. (laughs) This is actually, this is a true good one. Well, Netflix does two things. Now that we're out of the Marvel Netflix era, if Netflix has comic book adaptations, it's either fucking garbage, like, what was the Prometheus Jupiter family? Oh, Jupiter's- shit. Yeah, Jupiter. Channing Tatum? Not no. Jupiter's ending. Uh, Jupiter's family, whatever. Like The, one- the Jupiter yeah. family. Oh, yes. I am raising Jupiter. Dion, or they do the end of the fucking world, I'm not okay, mm-hmm. and now heart, Heartstopper, where it's if it's a little more grounded and based on an indie comic, it's going to be fucking amazing. Yeah. And I don't, like, none of, it, none of us have read the comic, right, to know how much was brought mm-hmm. over? I mean, uh, the author of the comic is the author of the show. Yeah, so. so probably she brought over what she wanted to. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! I am. We just... got you, Alice. But like, I don't, I don't mean to shit on our podcast, but this is not based on a comic book. It, I, I guess technically it is because it was based on a comic book. But like, so much, so many shows that we watch that are adapted for comic books are like this Jupiter show, of which we can, literally cannot remember the title of, <laughs> is so much forced together. By committee, bullshit. Right. And this is different in that this is one person telling their own, not necessarily the the story that happened to them, but like a story with Mm -hmm. no other people invading. That's not something that I would depend on from Netflix, but here we have gold. I mean, like... Jupiter's legacy. Jupiter's legacy. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Are we we thinking like shushy crushing? Yes. It's yeah, it's really good. And I don't know if it's just like the wholesomeness of it. Like I think it's just nice to have something so precious, I guess. It's wholesome, precious, real. I loved it. It was cute. But it's it like cute. we've done a lot of high school shows, right? And there there there's so there's like Riverdale, and I would much rather watch Nick and Charlie figure out if they should hold hands than Archie rail Veronica. Oh, for sure. <laughs> over a bad Oasis or get cover. Like by a bear. <laughs> or at the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, now I'm into that. But, and like, it, this isn't to say that the show isn't cringy. It's just cringy in the perfect way. Like, Char- kids are cringy. Yeah, yeah, Charlie will be like, well, now I don't want to kiss you. And Nick will be like, oh, you don't, do you? And like, it is cringy in that teenagers think they're funny, but they're not sort right. of way. Yeah. But then it feels so accurately high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's accurate, and it has those moments that balance out between like real life, like all of like Nick's whole thing, like the fact that they included him coming out to his mom and everything, and like the mm-hmm. moments of him trying to take the little steps too, like felt very authentic and real, and was like what grounded it. And then you'd have a precious moment of them like being weirdos in the hall. Uh, and the show definitely manipulated me into thinking that Olivia Coleman was going to be like. I can't believe you're gay. <laughs> I spilled <Okay>. my tea. <laughs> Don't look at me. 
<laughs> As an old, what I appreciated is I assumed all kids are pan, everything's okay, and to have different versions of homophobia show up and it felt natural, it didn't feel too cartoonish. I was just like, oh, I guess everything's not easy these days. Yeah, but when uh, Nick's mom, he when Nick came out to his mom and it cut to her, not knowing what, how she was going to react, and she was in tears and hugged him. Mm-hmm. Or uh, <laughs> Charlie's dad. Charlie's dad the entire time. Like, not a flashy role, but he, Charlie's dad was always in the car picking up Charlie, ready to hug him. Charlie's yes. dad like, killed me. Yeah. Like, how sweet their relationship was. Like, when he dropped him off at that house party, he was like, Do you tell me if you need me to pick you up and I'll be here? And then the fact that he did come and then he just, like, Charlie was obviously a mess and he, like, was there for him. I was like, This is so cute. Without a big coming out story, just. Their, their relationship is whatever it is and mm-hmm. very supportive dad. And it's so rare to have a story where like there's all there's these two kids who have now come out and there's so much support around mm-hmm. them. Like that just right. doesn't happen because there's no drama there and people always want drama. So in this one, I was just like, no, we're just going to make a cheesy rom-com. But there is drama is that kids don't know how to talk to each other and they keep yeah. fucking up and assuming and putting words in each other's thumbs mm-hmm. and... It was it was beautiful. The show is beautiful. Do you guys think the there's two like evil kids? Do you think they are too cartoonishly Tal? evil? Do you think? Well, I don't. I, I bet most people aren't like us. I think it's Tao and the other rugby kid. But it's the rugby kid and Charlie's first secret boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they for how human and well rounded everybody is? Do these kids push the cartoon boundary too much? I think the blonde kid is a little eighties Zabka esque. Henry, I think uh-huh. his name is. Yeah, I think that he's. Yeah. I like the show doesn't have a lot of time for him and the guy the kid doesn't deserve a lot of time but like they are like we just need him to push the plot along and shove some people um I I think that the more act, like the actual bully that would be in Charlie's life is the kid who uses him for kissing or sex or whatever and yeah. every time he wants to just says I'm not gay you're gay and as an insult I think that's the more realistic version of what but I'm sure they're both going through both but yeah, the other one, the rugby one, like every time he came on screen and like no kid was stepping to him properly, I yeah. was like, this kid's not an actual bully. This kid would get wrecked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, and Tao does it actually at one point. Yeah, Tao finally snaps, and that's the only pro Tao moment. But like, <laughs> it does. What I do like is like Pro-tow-ious. all of his friends think he's a dickhead, mm-hmm. but nobody speaks up. That feels very true to life. But I think yeah. that's super accurate. Like, I saw this meme today that said like what movies told us were bullies, and it was like punk rockers. And what bullies actually were. It was just like a blonde kid in a polo and khakis. Like, uh-huh. And the peer pressure to keep laughing at the bully and like, or laughing with the bully mm-hmm. so you don't become the picked on is so severe that these kids never get stepped to. And I think what helped, so what made, like, the only reason I believe that he was the bully and people, like, respected him is because they did show that he has mad money. And that, yes. like, if you yeah. have the rich family who can throw the cool parties, like, mm-hmm. the, the kids are going to be flocked to you. Which, you sure. guys, that party was crazy. That party was yeah, crazy. Yeah, he was in a museum. <laughs> like, there were just empty wings in the house. That was crazy. <laughs> he called his mansion Riverdale. Oh. That's pretty good. <laughs> There's a speakeasy downstairs. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, overall... Absolutely love this series. I w- wasn't prepared to love it as much as I did, but it was just so precious. I mean, the assignment from the board was watch as much as you can, and I couldn't stop. Like, yeah. I had mm-hmm. to get to the end. I had to see Nick, I don't know, like figure out who Nick was. I don't know what your guys' best performance was, but 
I think Nick was close. I think that yeah, yeah. his just constant. Like, he was so charming, and Charlie is kind of a puddle in parts. Like he is sort of walked over and sort of like helping the plot go along. But I thought it was all about the Nick. I agree. When when the the big scene when Nick is like, and here's why I want to be with you for the fifth time. When Charlie's like, nobody should want to be with me. Yeah. At that point, I'm like. I might be on Charlie's side. Why is anybody? Nick is great. Uh-huh. I mean, Nick could probably do better than Charlie. <laughs> Don't say things that like that about Charlie. <laughs> Charlie's a precious soul. I, I got to give it up to half the country who is watching Euphoria and saying, this is what high school was like and we have to fix it. <sighs> and then refusing to watch this because of the gay. Like, good job, half country. Like, you're doing so good at life. <laughs> this is the show you should watch if you want to know what high school was actually like. Yes. Not euphoria. Not when not an old ass adult being like, be scared of your kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, sadly, you guys, that is all the time we have to talk about Heartstopper. I did save some time, of course, to talk about a website. And Mike, I know you had big plans for a website. Um, can you share your idea? My idea is called Ryan's Birthday. Dot yay. <laughs> dot yay. And anybody there can write a birthday message. Or send money or gifts wow. right to Ryan's house. Wait, what kind of gifts? Because yay, like, yay, like, yay. <laughs> Birthday dot. Yay. <laughs> Sometimes you learn a slang word on air and you don't know how to respond. <laughs> but I want the country to love. The, the good half of the country that watches Heartstopper, not the bad half of the country that watches Euphoria, to love Ryan as much as we do. And so I think everybody should go to Ryan's birthday. Yay and treat every day like it's Ryan's birthday. Well, I feel like if they listen to this podcast, they love me at least more than three other people. What three? Your mom and your two dads. <laughs> First dad said that weird fucking joke, Mike, because it broke my heart in half. <laughs> But, Mike, this this website is so close to our hearts. Of course, every day has to be Ryan's birthday. So I want it to be a good website. I want Ryan to be able to get cocaine through this website. So <laughs> I do want- Oh, that's a good website. So like this, the Silk Road uh, is what we're talking about. This will become the most popular website immediately. <laughs> uh, which means I have to send you over to our friend Cybersprout.net because they offer premium hosting that's specifically built for WordPress. They're also going to handle security, maintenance, backup, and speed optimization. The security for cocaine cane dealing is going to be a lot to handle yeah, but they the, got you we need that optimized that <laughs> needs to be real quick and you know what they're going to work hand in hand with you they focus on collaboration and goal-driven design to help your website reach the right customers drug dealers it's easy <laughs> to manage if you wanted to take it on your own they got custom templates drag and drop tools and you know what if you need help cyrus is always available cyrus wait how are they always available Cassie? you don't know how huh? through a website <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right, now it's time to go to our pull list. We are back for the pull list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is Young Justice. This week on Young Justice, the Zods take Superboy and head for the Fortress of Solitude on Earth to get their powers through the Yellow Sun. McGann realizes that Connor has regressed back to his Cadmus programming, and meanwhile in the Phantom Zone, the remaining Kryptonians discover the team near the boom tube when it warps Santana's glamour shield and the team holds off the Kryptonians with Fowler getting devoured by the Devourer and Dick ends up at the fortress only to be killed? Ta- Man, comics are nerdy. Taste buds, I ask you this. How was Young Justice going to defeat the Zods? Like, what if they just won? Like, I... This show... I would believe it from this show. So surprising to me every week in that... Literally, 
nothing happens. Mm-hmm. But also everything happens. I don't understand how this show works. I talk about this every week. <laughs> <laughs> what if the Zods were just like, what if the Zods just won? I would believe it because in this episode, Nightwing goes to take on three Superman level people by himself. And he's just an acrobat with sticks. Mm-hmm. And so many shots of young Zod just throws him against one of the crystalline structures in the Fortress of Solitude. And they just keep flashing back to more blood pouring out of Nightwing's head. Uh I know it's a comic book, and I know he's one of the main characters, so he can't die, but what What if he just is dead, and we just follow Family Zod? There's a... I really like Superman on the show. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's he's got the, like this calm patience yeah. that I think the show has as well. Like Even when crazy things are happening, all the characters are just like, well, that was a crazy thing that happened. <laughs> uh, but Superman... And Zod finally meet. They come face to face. And Zod's like, look, man, I, I really don't want to fight you. And I'm like, okay, this is how things should work. Let's talk about it. Right. And then Zod's like, you just have to kneel before Zod, and then everything will be fine. <laughs> and Superman's well, I can't really do that. And they like, Zod's are just, this is, this is going to become the Zod show, just Zod's like America Zod. is. <laughs> it's a goddamn Zod show. Make America Zod again. I I am so fascinated by when your brain shuts down, Ryan. <laughs> when your brain shuts down. In the oh no! Movie. It's it's not only is it fascinating; it's super interesting for listeners. <laughs> what do you think I could have been fascinated by? <laughs> uh, how Forager flies out in front of the ship. Forager fucking rules in this episode, and we haven't seen the original Forager forging in a while. This is now Forager's <laughs> Forager, and Forager rips right through this shit. He does. It doesn't seem like that's what you were about to say. No, have, I, it's gone forever, have a lot man. Of thoughts on it's it. gone. I had a legit thing, and it fucking went away forever. Does this seem like nothing. it's going to wrap up next week? No, because next week is it. I, I can't see how they do. It. Well, is Beast Boy going to be back on sleeping pills? Every three episodes, they jump back to him and see how <laughs> he's doing. Or Rocket's ex-husband mm-hmm. trying to raise a child, like. And Rocket died in a boom tube. Oh, yeah. Rocket also died. What? It's Allegedly. A, this was a crazy episode for how mellow it was. <laughs> yeah, but still, <laughs> everyone always talks like, well, hey. that's just what happens, Rocket, I guess. Do, do you know? I remember what it was. Do you know what's fascinating is all of the, the Zods and the Zod brethren are like, we were sentenced for five years and it's been 50 years. I don't want to kill you. But the justice system does not work on Krypton, and Krypton is dead. Let us go. And all the heroes, quote unquote, are like, I don't know about that. It does make you look. I don't think they should be killing everybody, but they have a fucking good point that they yeah. are decades past their sentence, and let them go. I yeah, I mean, I, I it seems pretty realistic to me, or relatable. I feel like I'm way past. I've been in a jail sentence for far too long in my life, for about. 432 episodes 432 is what i was gonna say yeah <laughs> do you have a moment of the week uh my moment of the week is the end credits no talking this time so what i did was it i hit. added my own talking oh what did you add i think it, it was like a shot of a bunch of buses yeah and so i was just like well, hello young justice are these buses and then you came in and were like ah mike and these are buses and I just I did it myself. If they're not going to do it for me, then I'm going to do it for me. I will say one of the weirdest things about this weird show is their credits. And then to have silence was really impactful and be like, I do think two of the team just died. This show's crazy. 
Uh, mine is Forger knocks those Forgers down with her Green Lantern ring, and none of them, they're all like, what, it's fucking Forger? And she just punches them all out immediately, and it was dope <laughs> as hell. I know it's Forager, and Forager's Forager, but it's still a Green Lantern ring, right? Yeah. It always underestimate so Foragers. That there is a Green Lantern, for- Lantern Forager. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> I love this. Um, Young Justice is Thursdays on HBO Max. Our next show is Fear the Walking Dead. On this week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead, everyone is trying to escape in a raft except for Alicia, who is who in a zombie fever haze is trying to help save a kid find their friend from Strand's burning building. Turns out that friend is the baddie Victor and the kid is her younger self. Taste what they ask you. Did your school do that thing where they told you to build a boat out of cardboard and then brought you to a pool and told everybody to test it and then everybody just sank within a couple minutes? Yes, but mine didn't sink. Oh. <laughs> and we got to put a teacher in it. <laughs> How did you cheat? Uh, actually, I did they cheat. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> I used some sort of waterproof glue. That was, yeah. Yeah. That was, uh... Mars was the only one. I also covered mine in glue, but it was very fun to see a bunch of kids just um, after a couple paddles slowly sink into a pool, and you have to keep paddling until you are fully submerged. It's just a rule they made just oh, yeah. to watch kids drown, I think. That's fucking good. For mine, that my stepdad bad. just bought me a boat. Just a rich, like a whole yacht, or what? Well, I mean, it was Newport. like, it was a pool-sized boat. Okay. A pool-sized had- boat, so nobody could go, so Ryan won. It just needed to be pushed forward, and it made it away all the way across. Yeah. Because it's a fucking boat. It's a fucking boat. Fear the Walking Dead is Sundays on AMC. (laughs) Our next show is Riverdale. On this week's episode of Riverdale, Archie and Tabitha are trying to get Archie's men back from Percival by offering them free coffee. Meanwhile, Percival figures out how Jughead is reading minds and puts a stop to it. Also, Tony and Fangs figure out what to do with baby Anthony. Taste buds, I ask you this. What would you do? If you could lose custody of baby Anthony. Uh, I mean, that's a good question. And I, I guess I would do what they did because the lawyer or whatever was saying, like, you are gang members. So you're probably going to lose custody to Kevin Keller. And so uh, Tony and Fangs do what they have to do, which is induct Baby Anthony into the gang. So now <laughs> yes! he is a serpent. Yes. Well, he is the newest serpent. Oh, By law, they cannot <laughs> take him out of the gang or away just, from the people. Like Their house in the next episode is probably going to be surrounded by the FBI, CIA, military, Navy SEALs. And they're just going to be like, oh, shit. No, they inducted him into the serpents. There's nothing <laughs> oh, yeah, we can do. Guys, can't do anything. Go home. They inducted him into the serpents. <laughs> also, why does automatically, like, is that the law? One of your close friends will just get your kid? If you're well, in a gang. Yeah. Tony was inserted with both Fangs and Kevin's semen at the same time. Oh. Which I think is the origin story of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> uh, and so nobody knows who the father is. But Kevin, through the powers of Percival, is saying, I'm going to take the baby away from you. And so he, oh. st- he steals uh, baby Anthony's pacifier because Percival, like we all know, needs some sort of totem to yes. make things work. It's a classic Percival. episode of Riverdale. Uh, <laughs> no mention of Ghost Train, though. So mm. What? Yeah, I, the ghosts were very excited that they were building the Ghost Train, and I don't know if that's still happening. That's, they should definitely ride that Ghost Train. Yeah. Ghost ride the whip. <laughs> um, 
not that that's not wild enough. Um, was there anything else wild happen, or was it pretty much focused on um, this baby getting inducted into a gang? Well, I mean, if that's not crazy <laughs> enough for you, Cassie, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, well, most no, gangs, I, yeah. you have to kill somebody to get in. Did the baby kill another baby? Uh, when Tony finds out that... Uh, Tony Topaz, when she finds out that Kevin stole the pacifier, she's been trying to like be on the up and up so she can get custody, um, but finds out that Kevin stole the pacifier. Doesn't even know that it's a totem. Just knows that Kevin stole it. So fucking grabs some brass knuckles and punches him in the head three Ooh, times. That's like, how my girl do. Right in the fucking forehead temple. That's how you get custody. And he's like, <laughs> she's like, where's the pacifier? Punch. I don't know. Punch. I don't know. Punch. And then now oh, blood is gushing from his forehead. And he's like, Damn. it's in my jacket and I'm sorry. <laughs> at some point you can just, it's probably on him. Like at some point when he's on the ground, instead of punching him in the face, you can just kind of give him a pat on the little pockets. Mm. Like, but I guess that's not how Tony did Hey, once the brass knuckles come out. There's no stopping him. Yeah. Did, um, if I do remember, um, serpent like lore i think they have to get tatted don't they oh, or I the thought, serpent dance i thought you were gonna say the baby has to do the serpent dance <laughs> that's what i was thinking <laughs> serpent dance Just it. in caspan we talked a lot about the hamster dance yeah the only patreon people know about but do you guys know about the alley mcbeal baby dance i do not no okay ooga, 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 <laughs> chaka, ooga, ooga, you guys need to get ooga, back on the internet chaka. of 1999 and figure that out uh yeah that baby's gonna have to dance while getting tattooed. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be my moment of the week. But, Ryan, what was yours? Um, Betty's still trying to find the uh, trash can killer or whatever the fuck their name was. Um, she's out of ideas. She doesn't know what to do. And so she says, hey, Veronica, can I rent your casino? She's like, yeah, for a convention. So, yeah. But, Veronica, you have to be careful. This is going to be a serial killer convention. Oh, <laughs> episode yes. over. Oh. And so next week, I think we're getting a, a serial con. Oh, my God. I wonder. This, do we watch this one is what I'm wondering. Uh, can you report back midway if you see it? Yeah, I will text you guys yeah. and be like, you have to watch or you please do not watch. Love that. All right. Riverdale's, Riverdale is Sundays on the CW. Our last show of the week is Superman and Lois. On uh, this week's episode of Superman and Lois, Clark tries to find a solution to stop Allie and destroy the pennant. Meanwhile, Allie sucks up Bizarro. Talros's powers up like he's a Capri Sun, leaving him super dead. Taste buds, I ask you this. Do you think Talro really wants to make amends with his brother? Or is he a big fat liar? That's a great question, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Excellent. Um, I think Talro is actually telling the truth and he really just wants family, which is weird to say, but he brought peonies to Lois as like a sorry for like I don't know almost killing like your family and like a bunch of people in the town and stuff like that and taking over and stuff so I believe Talro because peonies don't lie is this Clark's brother my little peonies my little peonies (laughs) (laughs) um yes it's it's Clark's bizarro Clark's brother yeah uh no Clark's, Clark's brother Clark's brother uh, but they landed at different times and they both had very different upbringings. So like in the bizarre world, Clark and Talro or Kal-El and Talro are like really close. And this is the only world is what he says where they are not close because he grew up in, you know, because all the other times he shows up with peonies. <laughs> he what, the, what the fuck is a peony? It's a nice flower. Uh-huh. A peony <laughs> is a beautiful flower that you have to peony. like help massage and it opens up so much. A peony is uh, some sort of Italian pierogi, I think. <laughs> hey, a pione. A pione. <laughs> I was thinking like pastry or cookie. 
Wait, how do you actually say it just so we can be cultured? They're peonies. (laughs) No, fuck off. Mike, what's above your balls? (laughs) Uh, The pee on my knee. My peonies. (laughs) Crabs. (laughs) Oh, but this episode does start out with, uh, with Lo, or not Lois, Lana finding out that, you know, we get the result. Oh, shit. Telling Lana that he is Superman. And she takes it like, oh, well, I guess it makes a lot of sense. And she's like, I have to go now. And she just leaves and like, I guess, goes on a six hour walk by herself, just like (laughs) trying to figure things out, (laughs) like basically doing a montage in her head like, oh, oh, that's why this why. (laughs) And you find out later that Lana, the last time that Lana and Clark were together were when she was like, I love you, Clark. And then she got in a car accident and then Clark saved her. But she didn't know that Superman had saved her. And that was Mm -hmm. Clark. And then that's when Clark went to Metropolis. So that's why they broke up. He came back for her. And then she was with Kyle when she came back. So that whole feelings for Clark are like flooding in because she's not with Kyle anymore. And she's like, I could have had that. Damn. Is Is Clark Superman better than Kyle? Clark as a person? Barely. Barely? Yeah. He's Uh, better barbecuing. He's better air guitaring. (laughs) He's not fucking (laughs) Kyle. You're fucking monster drinking Kyle over here. I love that whole thing though about like, oh shit, there's Superman with glasses. Like, and then you have to do the six hour walk and be like, fucking, I'm so stupid. (laughs) Just glasses the whole time. And she comes over to Lois and she says she feels most betrayed by Lois and not by Clark because Lois was her friend and her friend didn't tell her. Bullshit. She's Uh, saying Lois stole my man. Yeah. That's what she's doing. That's honestly, I just was waiting for that to happen, but she never said that. She always said, Lois, you were my friend and you betrayed me. I was like, really? She's just keeping Superman secret. Like, yeah. Can't really blame her. Like, her kids are powerful, too. Uh, but then they do end up telling Lana about Jordan. They tell her everything. Um, so Lana's oh, in on everything and she doesn't tell her daughter or anyone else. So now Lana's in, but no one else is. I, but she doesn't tell her daughter because she's looking at, what's the daughter's name? Sarah. Sarah, yeah. Lana's looking at Sarah like, you, you don't have any powers. I could have had kids with powers. You don't have any powers. <laughs> or now she can be the one. She can have the life that she never got. Yeah, with Jordan. Can, mm-hmm. So now if she stays, and Sarah are currently broken up at this point. Oh, devastating. Oh, Lana's going to go for Jordan? Trying to hook you back up in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking please <laughs> do that. <laughs> Does Lana get stuck Look, in Riverdale the barn? Riverdale fucked it up with the whole Archie teacher thing. Let's get Lana and Jordan together. Yeah, she's stuck. Yeah. She's fixing Woo. the tractor, gets stuck in the engine. Jordan comes to help her. <laughs> Is that your moment of the week? No. Uh, there was a whole other storyline with uh, Tal Rowe. He, um, because, you know, he did apologize with Pianis. Um, he was able to get out of his restraints because Clark needed help to destroy the pennant. Yeah, so... so with Pianis, because the pennant... Pianis. He needed... It's, 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 like, I need you to understand mm-hmm. that it sounds like Tauro apologized with his penis, and you're just saying penis <laughs> in a weird way. Pianis. <laughs> <laughs> she just... It just clicked. I know you're sad, but... Zip. Here's my Pianis. <laughs> no, it's my Pianis. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a very heartfelt Pianis. Um... <laughs> Aren't they all? And uh, so Superman and 
Talro together combined were able to destroy the pennant, but it was a little bit too late because Allie was able to suck the power out of Talro, regular Talro <laughs> and Superman. So both Superman and Talro are drained now. They're not dead. They're drained. But then she does end up sucking all of the life out of Bizarro Talro. Like he's a Capri Sun, as you said, Ryan. <laughs> and it all started with the Tiani. <laughs> Allie sucks. <laughs> Uh, you Italians, man. You have crazy <laughs> words for them. Superman and Lois is a great show. It's Thursdays yeah. on the CW. <laughs> that is it for the poll list, which means it's now time for X-Taz. Welcome to Eggs Tasmania, bitch. A mini show within a show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at Fox's seminal and underrated early morning soap opera from the mid-90s X-Men, the animated series. This week, Professor X, Beast, Rogue, and Wolverine return to Muir Island after a distressed Moira asks for Charles's, Charles's help. It turns out the first mutant she began working with has escaped and is using his reali- reality-altering slash possession powers to explore the world and look for his daddy. Also, we get flashbacks of Moira and Charles Charles's whole relationship. Um, I do want to talk about the beginning, though, because as soon as the bagpipes come in, we know exactly where we are. It did hit us with a little stinger, and it's like, guess where we are? They never never leave you confused sonically when we're starting on Muir Island. All the fog. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, it has, I love that we can go into the space and they're just like, they can drop these subtle hints because we go there so often for reasons that aren't really unknown. And at the end of the fucking last episode, Mike, what was the last thing we heard? Bagpipes? No. Jesus. (laughs) Why would they put bagpipes there? It was stupid fucking morph saying, I need to go back Mm. home to get more treatment or whatever. And the first thing we see after like the first, second and third things we see is goddamn morph in the bed getting more treatment. It's more morph. More morph, but he doesn't even get to talk or cackle in this episode. I didn't even notice morph, and he's my favorite. He doesn't cackle like Jensen Ackle. My absolute <laughs> favorite. Who we do see though, we do get um, little blob boy. At this point, we don't know who he is. He's just a blob boy getting um, ray treatments in this building because you know that's he, how you solve mutant powers. Is sh- don't just say little blob boy. Get, paint a word picture here because it is majestic. He is like Kevin. eight feet tall and glowing. It's Kevin. His name is orange. Kevin. His name is Kevin. And Banshee and Moira need to talk about Kevin. But this show, animation aside, the character designs are always great. This is this is a Scooby Doo monster. Like this is a <laughs> terribly designed villain. Do, have you ever? Do you know Proteus Ryan from the comics? Yes, I do, Mike. If you know it, then I know one percent more than you do. Uh, okay, so tell me about Proteus in the comics. Uh, he's like a big fucking blobby boy named Kevin. You sack of shit. <laughs> Uh, I had the black and white Barnes and Noble collection of like the first hundred issues of the when X Men was bad. Okay, it's and called Essential X Men. Proteus was in there, and it it. it Frozen my mind, and I always got confused with him and David Holler, and it really feels like he is the protein version of David Holler, and later they went, let's make that guy better and scarier. Yeah, I mean, David Holler is Professor X's son. Uh-huh. But we have no idea whose son Kevin is. This could be parallel to that. Who knows that? Um, but we do get, so once we, this is when we find out in the lasers that it is Kevin. In the um, lasers. The, in the lasers. <laughs> in the lasers. They're like, oh no, Kevin, so sorry. I know it hurts. My, my bad. My B. It's so like, I know that we've been brought up in an X-Men world and code names are more important than birth names, but it's so fucking weird when somebody looks at somebody else with powers and they're like, hey, Kevin, <laughs> what's up, buddy? 
<laughs> it's the fact that they chose Kevin delights me so much. I mean, like, <laughs> if she had said Brad, like that might have uh, Jason. Luke. Luke. But no. Kevin. Roger. Um, but obviously this treatment plan doesn't fully work. He comes out and now he can just kind of hug people and become them. Insert or himself into them. Yeah, through a hug. Which, including his stepdaddy? Yeah, straight Ooh. to stepdaddy. And then his mother. Yeah. His stepdaddy gets stuck and then he gets stuck in stepdaddy. Man, okay, oh. Mike, I have to tell you that these are movie of the year jokes, our other podcast. Okay, this is... Yeah, don't do this those is different. This is a different, different rating, <laughs> Different listener rating. Just like X has, I am going to newsflash swipe over. We immediately just just get a little spin screen over to... That's the... part of his powers, Cassie. His, I'm sorry. He spins I'm the, so sorry. He spins the world, but then the camera does it too, and now we're transitioned at the X mansion. No. This is the best show of all time. It's so good. And we do have Myra um, calling to Charles, not the X-Men, straight to Charles, um, that she needs help. And um, so obviously he does get the whole gang that he's like, we got to go to Muir Island. And then we get a delightful scene. Well, before that, he's like, we have to go. And Charles is like, beast, prepare the blackbird. And then it cuts. But if they had left it like eight more seconds, can't you see Beast going like, what the fuck did you just say to me? (laughs) Like, I'm off, I have an IQ of 220. <laughs> Make Logan do dirt. it. <laughs> Prepare the Blackbird? What the fuck did you just say to what? me? I love his... Rogue says, she looked like she saw a ghost because she video calls them. And Wolverine <laughs> says, big deal. So we go stomp a ghost. <laughs> and then that's already great. And then Charles stops and says, it is a big deal, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually a really big fucking deal, okay? Oh, man. She's never scared like that. So if it was a ghost, then we handle that fucking ghost. You just imagine <laughs> Wolverine, who was capable of saying, so what big deal stop a ghost we go to right now? And then Chuck says to Beast, go prepare the Blackbird. And he looks over at like Logan standing there eating a fucking Gogurt for the 14th time tonight and saying, you're not going to ask him to prepare the Blackbird? I'm wearing a lab coat, you bald son of a bitch. <laughs> and then we get the flashback. This flashback, guys. Met, mm, beautiful. In World War II, he proposes to her, and then while he is injured, she breaks up with him in a letter. On oh. the battlefield. I, on the battlefield. I do have to say, though, that he proposed to her standing up. Yeah. Yes. And maybe that's just him saying, like, at some point I'll be crippled, so I should stand as much as possible. I can only stand. <laughs> but uh, if you take a knee, bud, that's going to make the engagement go a lot better. Oh, that's what it was. Instead of being on the battlefield and getting a ring in an envelope saying, fuck you, Charles. I can't marry you anymore. <laughs> I found Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> do you- go for it, Mike. Uh, do you think part of Charles, because he is a petty old bitch, that he is happy because <laughs> she marries this Joe cat, and then he treats her like shit and divorces her, Absolutely. and then she starts Mira and Charles has to be like, hey. They are, they're engaged to each other, and then Moira breaks up with him, and then they both, in this flashback, marry like three other trashy people. Yeah. It was so hard to follow the amount of people they were <laughs> marrying and divorcing. I was like, wait, I've been a child of divorce, and this is a lot. <laughs> This version of Charles isn't as comic creepy, but it, like in the OG X Men, I don't know if I you guys know that I had. The oh, did you read X-Men. Essential yeah, X Men? The, the black and white. Wow, <laughs> he is also in love with Gene, just like all the boys are. Uh, but he is married to a redhead that I thought was Gene for a while in the yeah. flashback before I realized it wasn't. And I think this is episode is trying to subtly be like he's a creep. I I love like he marries this nurse that looks just like Gene before he meets Gene. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's give him some credit, but. When he meets the nurse, it's all like a musical montage. 
Yeah. And then later on in the flashback, the music stops, and we get to listen to the nurse, and the nurse is like, fuck you, Charles. I never, <laughs> I never fucking loved you at any point, you fucking bald bitch. <laughs> That's- so, yeah, divorce that person, I guess. <laughs> That's where I was confused because she did hate him so much. Yeah. I was like, was there ever love him. there? Like, we missed a lot in their story. But she hated him because he was going to bring five teenagers into the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With, powers, With powers. You know what? If anybody I'm married to says, here's five kids you've never met, I've never met, they're going to live with us, I would probably also smoke 18 <laughs> packs of cigarettes and scream at them. I never asked for any of this. I'm a nurse slash lunch lady. <laughs> I have two He's jobs a sloppy to Joe. Do. And eat this fucking sloppy Joe. Um, after we come this back This flashback from- was great. <laughs> <laughs> but then could- Moira also gets married and divorced to a... Like politician, politician, yeah. In like this the, flashback, married yeah. and divorced. <laughs> so much happens in this flashback. The sleaziest politician, where it was like hard cut. Like, here's your fucking ring. Here's this dude I married, and I was like, what hard, hard change. And then cut to judge stamping divorce on a contract. <laughs> yeah. The most official, like beautifully laid contract I've ever seen. Like they put so much work into that, and I was like, wow, this is this is official. Also, not to get into this, and I especially don't want to bring this up around Mike, Doctor. I've read Essential X Men, Black and White, Gravano, <laughs> but uh, Angel is on the original team, like he was in the comic books in the flashback. But in season one, when they or season two, when they meet Angel, they've never met him before. So what's up with this, Mike? My brain fucking blew up. I was furious. <laughs> Look, the Leewalds don't lead us astray often, but I wanted to write a strongly worded letter. Oh, dear sirs and madams. In your flashback, post two divorces. <laughs> if you say post two divorces, I guarantee you they're going to know exactly the episode you're talking about. Because only one episode in the history of television <laughs> has shown so many marriages and divorces within 90 seconds. And again, yeah, this is like a 25-minute show. This is yeah. only like 40 seconds. Oh, we I wish so it was 25 many. minutes. Like, we're barely hitting 19 on this yeah. one. Um, but after we get all these flashbacks, we do just do a hard cut back to our boy Kevin, who is out and about um, exploring the town, and he immediately takes over Sailor's body and just hits a bar. And I'm like, "Yeah, Kevin, let's." I do was, it. I was sort of like, "Yeah, yeah, Kevin, get that dick wet, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. go find out. Let's go find his, a prosty and get to, get it on." His his narration feels like he might. He's like, "What are these people? What are these smells? What are these senses?" And the bar is like a mutant friendly bar. There's uh, just fucking freaks in there. And fucking freaks. <laughs> And we're luckily in one of those towns that don't notice when your eyes gloss over and glow green. They yeah. don't. Nobody no. knows about that. Yeah, he is fully catatonic at the bar, just glowing eyes. And the guy's like, can I get you a beer? <laughs> like, this is sorry. Classic Scott shit. <laughs> um, but they do, um, at this point, Charles does try to reach out to him through his mind. And uh, this is, Kev- guys, Kevin's just a teenager and he don't like that. So he does become little blob boy again, and he kind of just um, is let loose on the town for a little bit, and eventually gets off island. And this is the worst thing that has ever happened to Myra. Yeah, she's he very upset. We don't know why, and we can nary a guess as to why this would be so upsetting Could, to her. No idea why. But uh, he's he's on that island, and he is ripping through bodies. At one point, uh, he goes from one sailor to another, and the way that he like kicks the former sailor off his leg, like. <laughs> Fucking, Ew, this, this piece of dog shit after me. I don't want this one anymore. <laughs> Bring me a new one. 
and this is somewhere in the midst of all of this, we do have a full-on daddy issues breakdown um, of just the biggest full breakdown I've ever seen. Oh, because he's he uh, helps the kid who's being bullied. The kid freaks out, so he possesses yes. him. The dad hugs him, and he goes, "This isn't my dad hugging me. Where's my daddy?" This I- is. We spent so much time on this because he had to figure out this feeling. He was like, "Why is he touching me? Why does this feel different?" No, we went through every inch. Of what it's like to be hugged by a father. Yeah. Which, off someday I hope to learn. Yeah, none of the four of us know what that's like. But uh, I, this was really sad. I thought, like, why is this older man in such support of this younger man? <laughs> this is his father? This is his son? They love each other? I don't understand. And that, it, it that also, was sort of sad. No, it's heartbreaking. But it was also just like, Moira, I think you're a shitty guardian parent. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just treat him like a science experiment if he doesn't know this shit. I mean, does- you're, Moira's out there blaming everybody else, but I was sort of thinking, does she doth Proteus too much? Mm, nailed it. So right. good. Guys, I've been wow. sitting on that one for 45 minutes. <laughs> ah! Ooh, I'm proud of you. I was so back. nervous. Can we just go behind the scenes about me like during that line? Yeah, uh, let's dig deep. Just, I'm a big Shakespeare fan, and I, I like to represent that on the show. And I, but like, when could I say it? You know, like when, when would the be the right, right time? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did notice while watching this that the term, the word Proteus sounds like protest. And so oh. I wanted to make sure that like right when we were talking about Moira and does she protest too much? What if I like sure, threw out sure. protest, threw in Proteus? You know, Ryan, some people could say that was boring and they don't want to hear it, but I could always hear Moira of it. Fuck See, and everybody fucking loves man. fucking, all fuck of the fucking listeners love fucking Mike for all of his bullshit. <laughs> I bet there's no behind the scenes for that comment like the <laughs> listeners want. Step by step. That's um. for Patreon. <laughs> So after this, we do have, um, during his breakdown, he is, you know, messing up this town, going through bodies, <laughs> surfing on hills. I do have to point out, does not at any point run into a studio shooting an episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. No. So That's, bunk. We were asking for that for, from every episode, and it was not in this one. Sadly. Not not only does he jump from bodies and surf on hills, he at one point like wraps a brick around him like a cape, and that's how he goes into the building. He fl- inverts the buildings. He just turns everything into a weird Picasso yeah. painting. I'm going to say his powers don't make a lot of sense. Not fully, but you know, the animation popped off on it. They were like, let's just have a little fun. They're like, we don't need an explanation, and we're going to do what we want. This is bored high animators for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but during this, we do have the X-Men and they're like, Hey, we got a visual on him. They call to, uh, Charles and he's like, well, swing back around and pick me up as the student is actively <laughs> fucking up people's lives. And he's like, no, come get your boy. Come swing back and around. And all the X-Men are like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> are you serious? Gotta get daddy. <laughs> um, so during this flight, he does try to, you know, reach him mentally again. And like Kevin like breaks through and almost like physically attacks Charles. I'm yeah. not fully sure what happened here. But I do think it was like almost like a, almost a physical attack on him, and um, then we do get them officially meeting up on land, and that's when Kevin sees Charles in his wheelchair and just doesn't understand what that could mean. <laughs> Why is this man in a chair? Is he special somehow? <laughs> Are you, buddy? <laughs> he isn't using his feet. What could this mean? And I'm like, we're really going through step by step. He on must everything. be important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a throne that goes everywhere. What a king. 
in all of this, Wolverine, people were like, how are we going to help him? And he's like, well, we tried your way. It's time for tough love for the 17-year-old. And he's just like, we're going to kill him. And all of them look uh, at Wolverine like, what the fuck is your deal today, dude? Yeah. That's what, it escalates so quickly every time it shows Wolverine. Like, he just instantly, he re-puts his claws out and he's like, there's one way and it's a uh, murder a child. And it was just like, every time. Like, I think Thanks, the, Wolverine. The explanation is that Wolverine is the only character that can hear the, and he gets super jacked for fight. <laughs> Um, what, but after like Wolverine is like, I'll murder this kid. That's when Meyer was like, hold on. Um, I know who he wants to go see and it's his papa, which is you guys, the mayor or the, I don't know, the politician. Yeah, Joe. Like, I don't know if Scotland has generic politician, <laughs> just some politician, Joe. And Myra's like, Hey, you got to get out of there. And at this point I'm like, Myra, um, maybe this one can get got. Maybe yeah. Let's, let's actually have this guy murdered. It's going to be He's fine. such an asshole that she calls to be like, Hey, your life might be dangerous. And he just goes, I can't have this. Fix it, Myra. I'll meet my son in a week. Uh. <laughs> yeah. After the election. And before that, he's like, I thought I told you never to call me about my son. Like, <laughs> I understand abandonment. Trust me. Yeah, you do. <laughs> but to say I directly ordered you to allow me to abandon, like, you can't talk to me about this person anymore, that's, that's a whole bold level of Scottish politician love. Oh, man. <laughs> and so after this phone call, we are getting Kevin's breakdown, and we're seeing that he just wants to experience the world. And this is when Wolverine's, like, not on my watch. And um, when Wolverine steps to him, Kevin absolutely fucks up Wolverine. He, he turns his claws into uh, Apple earbuds, which would not be invented for another 20 years. <laughs> yeah, but only because of this cartoon were they invented. Yes. Yeah, they were like, hold on, I think I can make a headphone out of that. But he does and turn the- into, like, they, like, he stretches him, and I'm like, ooh, he shouldn't stretch like that. And then he does stretch <laughs> apart, and I'm like, Cassie oh, was no. nervous. <laughs> Oh no. oh no! Oh no! That's not that. how the human body works. <laughs> and then his torso becomes little separate balls floating around, and I'm like, I don't know yeah. how he's gonna be back. That was that the hottest version of Proteus's powers, <laughs> or was it five little so, rogues attacking a big rogue? Five little rogues <laughs> sitting <laughs> in the tree. Yeah, you, uh, you guys ever watch cartoons and get a new kink all at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I watch a cartoon, that's my superpower. Maybe this is why it's bad for us to rewatch these. Maybe we shouldn't do this. <laughs> Those five little rogues just being like, oh, sugar, oh, sugar, oh, sugar. Those five little rogues attacking a big rogue? All right, Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's time to go into awards because that is where we land on this cliffhanger because it is a part one. It, we're going to go into part two next Can we week. just make a, maybe not a prediction, but a hope? Yeah. That fucking mayor eats shit and dies next time. Oh, yeah, he's going to get got. It has to happen. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to rewar- awards. Uh, let's start it off with most 90s thing. And, Mike, I'll start with you. I guess it's so when Rogue accidentally drains Proteus's power, uh, she makes the streetlights just shoot stuff. And for some reason, it feels me very 90s. Those streetlights are now lasers. Fire shoots out. But the sound effect is pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yeah. Just all around great work they, by everybody. The sound has gotten so much better, but for some reason, for shooting, they only have pew, pew, no matter what it is, even in this era. Pew, pew. You, pew, can, pew. you can feel the director being like, this is fire. Like, all we have is pew, pews. Like, give me the pew, pews, <laughs> goddammit. I want all of them. Um, Ryan, what do you got for it? I have when, in the beginning, when Proteus, uh, we find out that Proteus can spin the world. And then the camera spins, and then we're at X Mansion. <laughs> and the fucking, like, the only thing we're missing is that. 
into <laughs> the transitions. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I, I did do the back like 15 seconds or whatever just to be like, they hit me with newsflash. And they did. They, they did. <laughs> um, for most 90s thing, I have the fact like, I don't know if it's 90s or just X-Men of like, we got too much drama going on. So there is a full on soap opera happening of like, Everyone trying to figure out, like, who's the daddy and all this stuff. And then in the background, we do just have Kevin straight up riding hills, like, surfing on them. And Rogue just standing in front of him. And I'm like, this is a lot happening that you're throwing at me. What a Kevin move, though. If your name is Kevin, that's what you're doing. It's fucking Kevin. Um, Caitlin? Yes. I'll let you be the judge for these ones. Who won that round of most 90s? Oh, I I have to go with the spin. The spin transition. Ryan? All right. Let's go to best gasp line. Ryan, what do you got for it? <laughs> okay, so at the end of the montage, uh, Professor X finally thinks that him and Moira have finally had enough marriages and divorces that they can be <laughs> together. And he lands in, on Mirror Island, and Moira's like, hey, this is my fiancé, Banshee. And like, even I was like, are you fucking kidding me? She's <laughs> instantly like, hey, in case you had any thoughts, um, this is my fiancé. But... Chuck has to learn that if you talk like a fucking talk like that, then you have to f- be with other people who talk like that. Anyway, Banshee's, uh, Banshee's like, uh, <laughs> oh, Charles, I've heard so much about you. And then Charles pushes forward on his wheelchair and he's like, yeah, I fucking bet you have, you little bitch. And just <laughs> goes away. And I gasped. I was like, Chuck, you just fucking nailed Banshee to the wall. <laughs> See, he loves Moira. Mike, what do you got for best gas line? Uh, So when they're first learning about Kevin, Wolverine says, so he can turn things upside down. He doesn't look old enough to shave. And Chuck just looks at him and goes, uh... Beast take Rogue and Wolverine and just like <laughs> it just such a, a flippant get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like for Charles to just go, uh I'm sick of your sassy bullshit this episode, Wolverine. Oh, Wolverine, why don't we just throw away Cerebro? We don't need it anymore because you've decided he's not old enough to shave. So I guess we don't need any of this technology. Uh for best cast line. I do have just when we found out Kevin's dad is Joe and that phone call of immediately of the audacity and the boldness to say, like, I told you to never call me about my son. Like, as if it was in the contract. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't know that was a stipulation. Oh, wait, Judge, real quick, before we're divorced, can you just write in, the, in there real quick? Never talk to about my son. <laughs> if you say the name Kevin to me, I will get $10,000 more. <laughs> Um, Caitlin? Yes. Who who gets that one? Gaspy episode. Gaspy. Oh, lots of gasps here. Uh, but I have to go with the daddy gasp. Just a, a straight up abandoning and being oh, like, do not, do not contact me. Uh, it was wild. We're going to go to best use of power. Mike, what do you got for it? Uh, Kevin sending five little rogues after rogue God, has to be it. the this best is... use of power. <laughs> this I is mine too because... Crazy. Who would have thought? <laughs> I don't know if it hurts rogue, but it helps me. So, (laughs) absolutely not. I didn't take that route. My best of use of power is obviously Kevin just surfing on sweet ass hills because why not? If you're going to go around and you're in the hills of fucking Muir Island, uh, gotta surf those hills. Why shred snow when you could be shredding grass, baby? That's right. Scottish hills. Um, Caitlin? Shredding grass for sure. I knew I was going to have her on that one, you fucking creeps. Well, yeah, because we talked about how we jerk each other off. Oh, uh, let's go to LVP. Ryan, what do you got for it? I'm going to go with Moira, who uh, I, this has to be, and 
I don't mean to insult anybody, but like clearly a male voice actor doing a terrible job. Like we are talking about Mrs. Doubtfire level <laughs> voice acting. She often goes, Oh yeah. I trust the run by fruiting. Hello every time she walks Yo. into her room. Um <laughs> at one point somebody walked in and she covered her face with whipped cream and like you're a cartoon. You don't need to do that, Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, at one point she's uh crying at Professor X's knees and it looks like Titty, titty, fucking. You, you stammering over saying it made it so much grosser for some reason. That's how the Scotch say it. That's also how Ryan requests it. Well, yeah, because when you're at the bank, it's a weird thing to say. That's why I just slide the note over. Don't talk. No money, just this, please. Uh, <laughs> Mike, what do you got for LVP? Wolverine, man. All he has is sass for everybody, yeah. and he does not help at all. He just wants to kill this kid. He doesn't want to hear what anybody has to say, and none of his burns are good. He sucks in this episode. That whole rough. big deal. So, we'll fight <laughs> yeah. stomp a ghost. Like, <laughs> Fine by me. <laughs> like, there was no reason for him to comment on like fighting a ghost, and he was just yeah, like, I'm still the bad funniest. guy here. Like, I'm still the badass. It was so good. Um, for LVP, I do have Charles for telling the whole crew to come back and pick him up when <laughs> Kevin was really fucking people up. Like, he was wrecking lives, and Charles was like, oh, I know. Swing and get your boy, though. Come, come back for me. <laughs> Um, Caitlin, what do you got for LVP? This is hard because there's a lot of there's a lot of bad LVPs here. Yeah, um, it was a rough and one. there was a titty fucking. But <laughs> no, say a problem. It was a run by titty fucking. But I, I am gonna have to go with Wolverine. Yes, Wolverine. Yes. Okay, that lives gives leaves us to MVP the final award. Mike, what do you got for it? Fucking Proteus, man. He doesn't know about the world. He just knows to jump around, get drunk, surf. Get hugs from daddies. Find his own daddy. He screws everyone up. Make five rogues. He he rips ass, man. I love this kid. I also have Proteus, a.k.a. Kevin, because not only that, but when he first encounters a bully, he does fuck him up mentally by putting them in a wall washing machine, essentially. And then he does turn them into scarecrows, which they have to rip scarecrow yeah. pieces off of themselves. But it's one layer. They rip it off yeah. real quick. They're so scared. And then they rip it and off. They're, and they're just like, like, what oh, the shit? We're totally fine. We're good. And then he does throw them in quicksand, which he threw quicksand out a lot. And I was like, yeah. thank you. No, cause He's a child of terrifying. the 80s. He thought yeah. quicksand would be everywhere. Yeah. And uh, so he absolutely is the MVP for me. Uh, Ryan? Uh, for I, I would love. I mean, Proteus is great. I would love to pick Proteus as my MVP. But unfortunately, you fucking morons, a streetlight piped up and shot fire with laser sounds, <laughs> and that is my goddamn MVP. Nobody went pew, pew, pew with fireballs like that streetlight. In the history of television, I would say. I would venture to say that that is the most fire laser in streetlight in the history of television. I would take that bet. Same. Uh, Caitlin, who's getting this award? Whew, it's a hard one. Uh, I, whew, it's a, it's a pew pew fire, or is it, or is it Kevin? I'm gonna give it to Cassie. It's Kevin. 
Mike also said <laughs> that Kevin. That confusing. Yeah, nope. <laughs> but I give it to Cassie. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Thanks for doing the groundwork. I'll get the point. Guys, I love when Caitlin picks this because <laughs> oh, Mike and Ryan you. tied with one point. Your girl came up with three. I actually Woo! won one of these. So... Big episode for me. Bullshit. I think it's because I didn't say titty fucking. Um, <laughs> I didn't almost, say titty fucking. He almost won because he said titty fucking. <laughs> What's crazy is that this is the first time Cassie's won, and typically she's the one who gives out the points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's very fair. You guys just love these X-Men. Um, sadly, that is all the time we have to talk about it, but it's not that sad because we got a good interview coming up. Um, Mike, you gave us a little bit of a tease, but can you just uh, remind the people a little bit about this interview? Yeah, I got to sit down with Dave and Chris of the Nerd by Word. They are two dudes who live in Tennessee, and they they guys they talk about they talked about Deep Space Nine a couple episodes ago. Before that, they talked about fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We narrow stuff down, and it's still too much content. And they said, "No, no narrowing ever. Anything that's nerdy, we will talk about it. It's insane. That's wild. Um, I have to listen to this, so let's cut to that right now." Welcome to the crossover Crisis on Infinite Pods, the segment where we introduce you to other podcaster types doing cool things in the wide world of nerddom. Today's guests are Chris and Dave, co-hosts of The Nerd by Word, a weekly show covering everything nerdy, comic books, movies, television, and video games, and probably, I don't know, fantasy novels. Welcome, Chris and Dave. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks for joining me. Let's dive right in, as we always do on this segment uh pod origins how'd you guys get started hey chris you want to start with this one yeah sure so um stop me if you've heard this before uh the world stopped uh, collectively about two years ago in the middle of a global pandemic and so i've heard about that yeah so um <laughs> dave and i have been co-workers for going on uh 11 years now and um we both teach uh public schools and uh, we hit it off uh, as soon as we met. It, we were um, found out that e- each other liked nerdy type stuff. We started talking about Batman the Animated Series. And so, um, you know, every faculty meeting after school, we would rush to each other and be like, hey, have you seen this trailer? Have you seen this movie? Oh, my God, what did you think of this? And then, you know, in quarantine, we kind of – came up with the idea of like what if we turned all those random conversations and text threads into a podcast because we're sitting here staring at the wall at home so we might as well do something with it and that was two years ago and here we are here you are yeah you just did your 100th episode and then a few episodes later did your two-year anniversary show, yes right? yes yes very cool what do you think what, what have you learned in two years about podcasting life nerd culture all right you're the you're the behind the scenes one dave so i'll let you take this one uh, yeah, so so I learned a whole lot about audio editing. We have a very clear uh, division of labor between us. Uh, Chris is sort of the, the outgoing, you know, trying to find interviews, running social media kind of guy. And I'm, and I'm the guy who does sort of the tech stuff behind the scenes. And I had a very steep learning curve. I've, you know, done some video editing and stuff with my students. But audio is a very different animal. And I had I had a lot to learn about audio. How do you so like? I love that you do segments, big, uh, big into segments. Nobody actually wants to hear just an hour long conversation. How do you guys choose? Because you don't focus on the superhero show, show right? We we generally focus on TV shows based on comic books, but you guys go from modern stuff, uh, stuff from the past. You recently did a Deep Space Nine episode. So how do you with, with everything to choose from? How do you? What's your content calendar like? 
Um, well, we have like a, the biggest thing is having a shared Google Drive that we use with our, our podcast email. And then we have um, like a Google Doc with like an upcoming episode and like a really kind of like a checks and balances type thing. Like here are the next few weeks worth of episodes. And then at the bottom of that, we have, you know, we pitch each other ideas. Like, so uh, they'll be like, hey, here's an idea for an episode. This was pitched by Dave, co-signed by Chris. And then once that agreed, that's agreed upon, we put it on the schedule. Um, but and, and that's a recent development, to be completely honest. Uh, for the longest stretch of time, it was just text messages of like, hey, you want to talk about this? Hey, you want to talk about that? <laughs> and then just, you know, spitballing like ideas. Um, it's funny you say that the DS9 episode, um, I remember four or five years ago at uh, one of those professional development training meetings that they have for teachers that are completely uh, just mind-bending and are so instructive and help teachers so much um, <laughs> that, that um, you know, we were talking, we just started talking about Star Trek, as, as you do, and Dave was like, you know what is quintessential Star Trek and sci-fi is Deep Space Nine. And I'm a latecomer to the Trek fandom. I just got into it about six or seven years ago. Um, and kind of had a, a meandering relationship with the entire IP. And so um, over the past year or two, I finally sat down and started watching Deep Space Nine, and I fell absolutely head over heels in love with it. And we talked about it uh, for one reason or another, if it came up in conversation on several episodes. And so with the 99th episode, we did a Deep Space Nine episode because we just loved it so much. So, so it truly is whichever one of you gets a bug up your butt and wants to talk about something Precisely. Pitching, like that's the show. Precisely. Pretty much. And how much does it range? Because I, I listened to one that was all about tropes, which I liked a lot. So like it ranging from like general topics to like, nope, we're deep diving into Batman the Animated Series. Or is it just run the gamut? It, it's Pre- completely random. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much and I, and i know you know we, we you hear a lot about you know when you make a podcast you know go narrow you know really focus in on a specific demographic be very narrow but like cover a specific show or a specific genre be as narrow as possible so you can really target your audience and i think you know at some point you're going to find yourself struggling for content but kind of mm-hmm with the byword we go with where the wind blows us so to speak so um we we are never short on content ideas because there's always something nerdy that you know one of us has gotten into that we can talk about yeah and i think um it's a double-edged sword because i see both sides of that argument when you go incredibly specific with the topic of a podcast you can kind of be pigeonholed when it comes to the quality of that content like if you're if for example you're you know a spider-man centric um, uh, you know, podcast and the quality of issues coming out is just not up to your standards. You're not enjoying that particular comic or animated series or film. Um, right. I mean, as a, as a huge X-Men fan, if you were to tell me to have an X-Men podcast strictly on the cinematic universe, I would quit before <laughs> we started. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I think opening it up to all sectors of the nerd multiverse as we like to say, I think that gives us a lot of free range and an endless supply of topic ideas. Now let's dig into you guys as human beings, not just as podcasters. What's your nerd origin story, Dave? We could start with you. How did, how did you get into all this silly, goofy stuff we're into? 
Well, I think as as it happens often from people of of my you know advanced age, um, the Batman the animated series had a big impact on me and was sort of a gateway um, into a lot of nerdy stuff. As was my father's love for the uh, Chris Reeve Superman movies. I had you know the I watched those a lot um, as a kid growing up. Um, now I grew up in Germany and the the comic book landscape was pretty. Um, I guess reduced, you could say, during mm-hmm. a good chunk of my childhood. But Batman the Animated Series sort of opened things up a little bit. There was a publisher yes. that went by uh, Dino, I think they were called, and they started putting out, uh, you know, those uh, Batman comic books from DC that were like directly based on the animated series, the, the tie-in stuff. And they apparently shoveled so much money off of those that they started getting like a lot more of the DC catalog. I very vividly remember buying my first Superman comic book, and it was like one of the Zero issues that came out like right after Zero Hour when they were kind of like resetting a little bit. Um, and, and Germany was always like two or three years behind in, in their licensed comic books, you know, behind America. But um, Dino comics kind of just kind of opened things up for me they started doing batman and superman and and that really got me into the whole dc side there was a lot less marvel on the shelves at the time which is i think why i kind of naturally developed into sort of a dc fan sure and what was it like what was the general culture like were nerds picked on in germany at that time or was it fine nobody cared uh, i you know there was a certain amount of picking on um i you know Again, certain nerds of an advanced age remember a time when nerdiness was not cool, when, you know, reading (laughs) comic books was not cool, when standing around outside of the classroom and talking about, you know, Batman cartoons was actually not cool. Um, So this is this whole atmosphere that we have now, thanks to, you know, cinematic successes, specifically like Marvel, um, I think is really, really cool. It's nice to, you know, be able to say nerdiness is cool, finally. Yeah, definitely. They have no idea that the locker shoving and and head and toileting that we had to go through so they could just get to watch Robert Downey Jr. fly around. That's exactly right. <laughs> and Chris, what about you? What's your nerd origin? Um, so mine also was, was heavily based on those 90s animated series, in particular um, Batman, the animated series. Um, and then even more so for me... Um, the 87 into the 90s uh, Ninja Turtle animated show, oh, sure. um, and then the X-Men and Spider-Man uh, animated series. And so yeah. um, those were probably my biggest fandoms and have main, main, maintained that um, throughout my adult life. Um, there was just something uh, particularly about Spider-Man and the X-Men where you're kind of like the outcasts. And I know mm-hmm. that a lot of marginalized communities kind of flock to the X-Men in particular because they see the mutant metaphor as anyone who's ever been discriminated against simply for being the way that they were born. But, um, you know, as for me, it was much more of just never feeling like I fit. Um, sure. I wasn't a jock. I wasn't really fitting in with any kind of group or sector. You know, I, I, I enjoyed sports and I was a sports fan, but I was horribly unathletic. I had no motor skills to speak of. I had no athletic ability whatsoever. So, And that has not changed, I can assure you. No, yeah. Dave <laughs> has been there for the student faculty basketball games where I injured myself <laughs> by running into a wall. Um, 
And so, you know, I never felt like I really fit anywhere. And so seeing X-Men, you know, brought to life, I mean, like, particularly Nightcrawler, but like, he's he's freaking blue. And so yeah. that was someone, um, and he's German, so that's cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, you know, th- those ones really kind of shaped things for me. As far as comics themselves, um, I'm a very much a Johnny-come-lately to comics. Um Unlike unlike Dave, I, I grew up with uh, what I call, as a mutant fan, flat scan parents who were not nerdy whatsoever. Um, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the whole gamut of my parental nerdy influences when they re-released the original trilogy of Star Wars in theaters in the late 90s. My yeah. dad took me 20 minutes late to The Empire Strikes Back. And then Return of the Jedi, and then I had to rent A New Hope, and it was just a cobbled mess. And that's it. That's the only nerdy kind of legacy that my parents handed down to me. Um, But as far as comics goes, you know, I never even knew that comic book shops were a thing. Um, You know, growing up in the 90s, the only two that I remember I found in a trash can, the Batman Spawn uh, issue um and then i found also that first issue of generation x so that's probably you know that being the first comic book i ever saw in the wild that chris bashalo art on gen x number one that crazy Mm -hmm. cover um you know he's one of my all-time favorite artists so that's probably why but then you know um when marvel unlimited came around in my early 20s um you know i i found a comic book shop and i was like good gracious this is expensive so Mm -hmm. like where do i even start and then you know for ten dollars a month i can read thousands upon thousands upon thousands and the completionist that i am i read every single issue of amazing spider-man to date i read every issue of um spectacular spider-man and then i read every issue of um uncanny x-men and like the mainline titles and a couple of side titles um i didn't read the old uh lee kirby stuff don't love that it's it's not their best work there was a reason that the original x-men were canceled so i picked up with um i picked up with the the rejuvenation with giant size x-men number one with 75 jumped straight into claremont and then all the way straight through so I, I noticed jumping back to to your show in general, uh, you guys bleep some words, and you're both teachers. Uh, do your students listen? No, they think we're nerds. Um, okay. <laughs> do they know you have a show? The the I, I think the I think the only thing like I legitimately heard, and I I always thought of myself as like the cool young hip teacher, but I'm feeling <laughs> every one of my 33 years at this point because. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they asked me, do you guys talk about Fortnite? And when I said no, they lost all interest completely. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I actually taught podcasting for a few years to, to high school and college, and none of the kids ever were curious enough to find it. I think one kid out of like the 60, 70 kids I taught. And I was like, oh, because you truly, I'm an old person to you. You do not care if, what's if, out there. If we had a YouTube channel, maybe we'd be able to. Right entice some of them but yeah podcasting what is that yeah i can't i can't uh see our our whole you know product having those really weird you know divisive graphics on youtube 
you know, like <laughs> MCU and all that stuff. I have no interest oh, in no. going down that road. So I think we're sticking with podcasting and leaving the video for you know better looking people. Brie, Brie Larson with googly eyes. Yeah, uh, not 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 here for that. Um, I will say you. One of your previous questions was about what have we learned. And I feel kind of culpable because I was on social media to a great degree before the show started. Dave, bless his heart, as we say in the South, was not so much. And so I had to explain to him, like, all of these toxic fandoms, what Comicsgate was and all these things. And so it's been a rude awakening for him, poor guy. Yeah, there's some gross shit. It is crazy, like, you know... As we said, the, the X-Men and Spider-Man's all about being outcast, which is what brought me to them, too, having zero friends uh, grown up. Uh, and you'd think everybody would be like, oh, then nerddom should be inclusive. And then you look around online, you're like, oh, a lot of people don't feel like that interesting. They, they're they're very mad when any of this stuff tries to be inclusive. Uh, up to, like, just the, the Obi-Wan show has stuff going on with it right now with Moses. And, and a 10-year-old child actor as well. That one blew me away as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, they gave young Anakin a lot of shit. Yeah, it's just people are gross no matter what they're into. That That's what I've learned is uh, through the years is that liking superheroes or sci-fi or fantasy doesn't make you automatically better, which is growing up. I did think that it's like, no, people are gross no matter what they're into. As a uh, as a historian, I think I missed the days of like the, the big like old Greek marketplaces Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I prefer that I think over social media because a lot of these people who like you know yelled the loudest on social media if they were in an actual crowd in a marketplace and would have to like stand on a box and start screaming, I, I, they know they would get beat up. So yes. it would be a lot more quiet from from those corners of fandom. I think. Back from that interview, Mike. If I could say, good interview. Thank it you. Was, it, it was it was pretty good. I'll take that um, from you, Ryan. <laughs> it is the highest compliment he can give besides five rogues. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but you guys, now that it, we're back, it is time to end the show, which means it's time to plug all of our stuff. And we got a new website. Mike, can you tell us about the new website? The new website is, of course, popfilter.co. We got fudged over from some sort of wormless piece of shit and cybersprout.net. You heard about it earlier, hooked us up. Uh, we were back with the new website in like less than 12 hours. It's now popfilter.co. Everything you loved about your popfilter.com, but shorter and better. I would say punchier. A dot co gets people's attention. Dot com, boring. Boring. Co, what's up with that? Um, Ryan, can you tell us about the other shows? Of course. Uh, this is the Superhero Show Show. Please, if you have not subscribed, do that. Rate and review it. We appreciate it. Five stars. Five it rogues. Best. Five, five, it's like, how many rogues would you like to attack you sexually? And that's, that's how many stars you give it. Uh, while you're there, please subscribe to Movie of the Year, where me, Mike, and our friend Greg try to figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. Right now, it's 1982. Crazy, crazy year, Mike. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a weird one. It's indescribable. It's indescribable, I would say. Although we spend hours every week trying to. Trying so to. Uh, listen to that. While you're subscribing to those two shows, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to Unnatural 20s, where two, three, very much in their 20s people Thank you. talk about what it's like to be in their 20s. They'll probably be in their 20s forever. That's Unnatural <laughs> 20s. That is unnatural. 
We also are on social media. Caitlin, tell me about that. You should go over to Your Pop Filter on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, there you can find a lot of poop content, but in between that, some great content with pictures and fun. Not and pictures of poop. Not no, pictures I- of poop. Pictures of comic stuff, pictures of recent episodes. Super cool. You should go there, check it out, and then be surprised about a poop thing on Twitter. I'm probably going to put up my sweet birthday present. Oh, yeah, you yeah. got to. So, so check that out. Watch out for that shit. Gotcha. At your pop filter. Uh, we also got emails. Contact at your pop filter. Oh. We do not have an email yeah, currently. Let's, we'll I'm going to be honest. I've said this for two years. We haven't had an email in forever. So <laughs> it's <laughs> just more true. Us. You're a fool. Do you know what uh, we have, though? Is patreon.com slash your pop filter. And That's they could contact us through that and get all kinds of extra content. Or Insta. Like, do people, people don't care about emails or phone numbers anymore. They no. just, everybody's DM. D- let us talk just to us. Just slip into Instagram. those DMs. Slide, Slide. All right, next week, you guys. You guys were all three gross in different ways. <laughs> Slip slide. <laughs> this crocodile mile right into our DMs. <laughs> All right, let's slide on over to next week where it's it's premiere time, you guys. It's we're going to be covering the series premiere of Miss Marvel, Woo! the season premiere of The Boys, Woo! and season finales of Fear the Walking Dead and Young Justice. You guys, that's a big show. That's a really big one. Um, so be sure to catch that one. That's it for this show, though. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For Caitlin, I am me, and for me, I am me. Bye, everyone. Bye.